I'm CJ. And this is Harry Potter Movie Minutes. The podcast where two friends break down the movies of the wizarding world in excruciating detail and obnoxious commentary. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Did Jane talk to you? She did. I wasn't going to say anything. That's fine. I'll cheers you anyway, even though you're a slut. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Good we need booze you. for this one. This We're... one. Cheers. Buckle up, kids. Actually, you know what? God damn. I mean, pause right now. Go and take a shot. <laughs> Get on our level. Again. Um, because I don't <sighs> condone drinking. Uh, I take that back. I don't condone underage drinking. So, like, if you're over 21 and listening, how dare you? <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> All right, that's one of us in this conversation. But, but yeah, if you're listening to this podcast and you're of legal age and have you know safe access to alcohol my god you might need it because i didn't yes. i had like mandela effect kind of forgotten about this chunk <laughs> until i turned it back on I'm like why was i kind of dreading the oh right like it kind of hit me and i <sighs> let's Ooh. all yeah. right let's start uh, if you're sober go and get some chocolate or a, a cat i don't know whatever your vice is because this is um, i my notes are just a lot of exclamation points I, I, the so much caps lock, so <laughs> much caps lock. Okay, are okay. you ready? I'm ready. Are Let's you go. ready, kids? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Beautiful no. start. Oh, we're avoiding this. Okay. So, how do we? Okay, so we're, we're back. We're back in this fucking. We're party. back. We're back, back. This, <laughs> we're back in Slughorn's party. And I, can yeah. I? Can I actually start us real quick? Uh, sure. Take the reins. I'm going to sit here and down this drink and then go <laughs> make another. Perfect. So, so, so we're kicking in. Sorry. If you're following us from last week, it's when um, Cormac McLagan uh, pukes on Snape's shoes because Harry lied to him about what he was eating. Uh, I Okay. And then we, we pick up with Snape saying, you just earned yourself a week's detention, McLagan. And I realized in this little short exchange that they're about to have where he, he like, first of all, detention because he puked in my shoes. Like that's, it wasn't deliberate. Like you're going to get mad at every kid that gets sick. Second of all, <laughs> when he and Harry had this exchange, this really quick one of like, Dumbledore told me to give you his regards. He's traveling. He's supposed to look kind of uncomfortable. I just realized for the first time today, I'm like, why? And this actually applies to a lot of characters in these movies. We never really flesh out Snape. Snape doesn't have a personality. Snape is just mean and dry. Yeah. And then by the seventh movie or eighth movie at the end, we're supposed to really give a fuck about him. I'm like, I, I can't because in seven movies leading up to that point, he's just been bad and dry. Like this yeah, exchange. only personality is being a fucking dick. Yeah. Like, remember when we, we even talked about this, I think in like Goblet of Fire when they're in like a study hall and he smacks their heads and it's supposed to be like comical. I'm like, we've never seen him interact with them that way where it'd be like jokey. It's not jokey, it's not funny. I don't know what to feel in this moment either about him being like, he's traveling. I'm like, is he uncomfortable and obviously lying? And then he just leaves. I'm like, he's such a blank character. There's no character development to him. He's just, he's the Snape stand-in doing a Snape line. I'm like, huh. Yeah, I just, I also don't really understand the point of this exchange. Exposition to let us know that he's been out and about um collecting clues but we also don't find that out really from Dumbledore so I I don't know I... okay let's <laughs> we're we're gonna move past it so Cormac yeah. goes full pitch perfect on Snape's shoes 
Snape gives him detention. Harry tries to sneak away, but is stopped by Snape so that he can deliver a cryptic message that's completely senseless and doesn't matter. Whatever. Yeah. Why? This is as frustrating as that moment is. It is the lowest on my list of <laughs> issues with okay. this 10 minute segment. That is very fair. We have a lot more things to pick at. But let's go back to your bigger complaints that you actually have, because yes, there yes. are many. Yeah. Moving forward, that awkward shit is interrupted by Filch dragging Draco into the party, saying he found him in a corridor upstairs, and Draco immediately confesses to gate crashing the party. Why is he in a corridor on another level if he's gate crashing the party? Whatever. Um, I do have a few comments here. Go. Just very quick. So, so many things about this breaking of Malfoy. One, the creepy twins. They are back. So their dresses look like dragon fruit. <laughs> the way their like, leaves are spiked down, like, it's like dragon fruit. Um, nobody make fun of my accent. Two, the camera at this party has become very modern. We went from the old timey cameras in Harry Potter world uh, to an yes, actual modern right. camera this time. Three, so why do we all gather for this? Like if it's a party, like there's usually things going on unless there's like a fight or a brawl. A kid being dragged in, somebody saying something like every, the party stops and everybody gathers to watch. I'm like, I mean, that's very much a movie trope like there there's no college party or high school party where something happens and everybody stops and right. looks like that that, that doesn't exist anywhere so somebody spilled a drink and somebody's yelling Mary. Right, well i'm over here drunk having my own conversation like right exactly this wouldn't that happen. happens every a... 30 seconds me <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah very much a movie trope you're right of like oh let's all stop the action and nobody speak please we're gonna listen to these characters i'm like ah, shut up anyway but yeah this this little scene was pointless yeah i agree with you yes so the party comes to a halt as you said for a moment and also in my notes we get to see your favorite creepy twins before yeah. snape steps forward to escort draco out uh once they're out in the corridor snape kind of manhandles draco into the wall not kind of literally manhandles draco into the wall here we are because as we just talked about he likes to you know abuse little boys and he's trying to get him he's trying to get draco to accept his help but Draco's being kind of a douche, and he denies have any, having anything to do with the whole cursed necklace Katie situation. And he basically tells Snape that he can go die because he doesn't want his help. He doesn't care if he took the unbreakable vow. Piss mm -hmm. off. Cool. Um, amidst his pathetic pontification, let's go with that, uh, Draco asserts that he will do this alone because it is his moment. Yeah, he's very childish here. I was picked above all others. Bitch, you don't see this clearly. Like you like are you were you're a sacrificial a pig. You're yeah, yeah. you're a flesh sack. We've been you are literally only expected to fail. That's all. Anyway, yeah. uh the camera pans and we see that Harry is overhearing this whole conversation. Maybe slightly problematic for them to be having the conversation so casually out in the open. Yep. Oops. But we need the movie to happen, so But we need the movie to happen, so here we are. Um, we're very jumpy in this section. Uh, yeah, it was jarring we... a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You didn't get a voiceover. Take... You didn't get oh, a sound nothing. over. We are just there. <laughs> yep. uh, so next, we are aboard the Hogwarts Express on the way to the borough for the holiday. Ron is explaining to Harry a bit about the Unbreakable Vow <laughs> in the most layman terms possible. What are you going to do? Um, before being interrupted by the Thirst Queen herself, Lavender Brown, doing a whole fucking three-act play drawing R plus L inside a heart 
in condensation on the glass that she is making by breathing on it. Honestly, good for her Hermione for just continuing on when she notices it because this is giving me swim fan vibes. And if you don't know what that movie is, shame on you. Ooh, stop this podcast. Go watch that movie because it is Go and watch that fucking movie. (laughs) I really just watched it a few weeks ago. I'm like, this movie is terrible. Look at this. It's such a time capsule. And I watched the whole thing because I was like, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It's absurd. It kind of makes no sense. (laughs) But it's It's glorious and terrible. And when I was in high school, I was all about the boys in Speedos. Yay, hooray. Oh, I still have a crush on Jesse Bradford. Who doesn't? Have you Wherever. seen him lately? No, because that will destroy my teenage image of him. But why is he so oh, beautiful? Oh, he's a daddy. Oh, damn. I yeah. Anyway, I don't have anything more to say about her. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't talk about that character anymore. I'm. It's, no. Mm-mm. Well, I just felt like this was so out of context. Like, wait, why does she miss him? They're still on the same train together. They're just going home. Like, is, did he tell her, I, I want a little break over the break? And that's why she's going, I miss you. Like, it felt very like, wait, what did we miss kind of in this moment? But the other great part that I did write a side note to you, I'm like, I'm sorry. Let's take a little trip back down memory lane a little bit. There's probably more if you listen to this podcast since the beginning. But when he says, you know, you can't break an unbreakable vow, you'll die. You look back over at the condensation picture that Lavender has drawn and it's melting with this like kind of eerie music behind it. I'm like, oh, we love this in these movies. Okay, remember. <laughs> um, so it was very reminiscent of when we cut away to dramatic water things for feels. Um, remember the crying stained glass in the Hogwarts castle? Yes. We love that. Remember Hagrid plopping a rock in the lake over Beaky when he was sad? Plop. And like the All scene- the water goes, imagery for sadness. So much yes. water imagery. Uh, imagery. Um, Remember, even there's the in Hagrid's cabin, and the wind is blowing, and the storm is brewing, and then the rain comes in for the Azkaban breakout. We really love a window, don't we? (laughs) We love a window and some fucking rain and some water or condensation. Like that's our like our symbol for something's happening that could be tragic and melt or transition like water. I don't know. It was pouring when Snape took the unbreakable vow. It was raining outside. They ran through the rain to get there. Thank you. God damn. There's You're onto something. Of, there's, oh, I'm going to start paying attention now. It's going to be my new OCD thing besides organization. Okay, but <laughs> we can move on. Besides serving spoons. And, why don't uh, they have serving utensils? And why can't things be labeled correctly and put into their correct spots? Why is it all hiddly? Okay. Nope, we're not going to go How there. do you know? Just because it's not an organizational system that you understand. The, world the would face work better. that you just made makes me wish that this was a video medium because that sure I gave you the evil side glare of I might as world. well have just slapped you in the face with a flounder like the way that you just looked at me and I just wait to plot my next move I just feel like if the world was organized by me the world would be a better place but that's just that's neither here nor there okay but anyway Wow. So yes, Ron wraps up the explanation after a brief interlude about incessant snogging and dry lips, whatever, uh, by sharing with Harry that the consequence of breaking the unbreakable vow is death. Drippy water. Drippy water. And we jump again. We're back at the burrow. My goodness, we're moving quickly in this chunk. I'm not mad about it. Let's fucking get through this. Mm -hmm. Um, Holiday celebrations are underway. Molly has the table weighed down with delicious food. And if there is any good in the world, I will one day have a cake topped with an ice skating penguin. Um, That's I've abandoned all other aspirations in life. That's the only thing I want to achieve. You could make it happen, Corey. You could get a little train track 
And then like instead of the train track, you fit a little penguin to, I'm not going to give you more baking ideas because you'll do them. Um, wow. <laughs> I don't put it past you. Um, I, I said back very to- Very attacked. Oh no, you shouldn't. It's a compliment. Like I believe in you that you could make this happen. Um, I just wrote back to the animated Christmas creatures at the Weasleys. <laughs> Remember movie five with creepy Santa? Yeah, it's a bit. It's like it's a, a bit. bit now of like, hey, what can we animate to let us know it's Christmas? I already know it's Christmas. It's snowy and they're on the Hogwarts train. I could put that. Oh, nope. And then we also have to have a penguin and a popper. Here's what I didn't like about this. You see the quick popper scene. And I actually rewound it today because I wanted to see the twins do the, the or, sorry, I'm calling it popper. Cracker? Cracker. Yeah. Cracker. Um, I was upset because I'm like, these are actually like my favorite moments when Harry gets to have a little peace and family time in the chaos of the Weasley home. Or like even that... Um, I wrote down, remember the rosy glow or whatever Harry talks about in the summer that he's at the burrow before their seventh year? It was his birthday and he like ate too much and he's like, it's just like a, such a comfortable feeling listening to all the conversation mm-hmm. around him. I'm like, I want more moments of that in the movies. Like we don't get to have it. I'm like, oh, the Weasleys are in the kitchen. Oh, we're gone. <laughs> like, oh, we're in the living yeah, room. Yeah, no. Gotta be dark. Gotta be dark. It's gotta yeah. be dark. I didn't like it. He can't be happy. What are you thinking? I know. Neither um, can I. So... As you said, we pan away from all that fun shit, and Harry has just shared what he overheard from Draco and Snape uh, with Remus, Tonks, and Arthur. Uh, Lupin gives him kind of a dressing down about his blind spot for Snape, uh, gets a little angry with him, and is like, you are blinded by hatred! Um, Which, like, good for him. Uh, And he insists that they all must maintain trust in one another, and does the whole comes down to if you trust Dumbledore, Dumbledore trusts Snape, therefore I trust Snape, blah, 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 yada, yada. Here we are. Nobody believes Harry, once again. So I had to say in the scene, I'm like, hey, wait, Hedwig is in the background. No shit, I missed that completely. She's in the windowsill. I'm like, oh shit, right, she's in this movie. So Hedwig's in the background, but then also I said, why is Tonks' hair just so bad? Why is Tonks just so, ugh. Tonks, they just, oh, I hate this part about the movies too. I feel like the book, it was still like, she's still a warrior or whatever. The movie was like, oh, she's a wife now. She must be dead. She's a wife. She's a wife. Sorry. Instead of like, she's this badass bitch. Thank you. She went from, she went from like a little eccentric in the fifth movie to wife. A little snarky flirty. Yeah. That's it. Wife. Oh, my husband. I must be very quiet and even my disagreeing with him. And then I'll be talked down. I'm like, the fuck happened to you? That. that's maybe that. the best accent you have ever done on the podcast you should thank be very you. proud of yourself wow i should have more wine when i do a british you. accent thank you this is a big day um i did also put i do um i don't like this conversation but i do want these snacks i just kind of want whatever molly bakes <sighs> they had nuts and they had like little pastries and then he comes in with them the meat pies and she comes in with little cookie pies i'm like i I was also hungry when I did these notes but also like again i want to live more in the burrow and in the weasley family fun chaos kind of thing and we don't really get enough time to do that i would want it if it was actually good but what we're about to see is maybe the worst fucking couple of minutes in the entire film series we have to get there though we still have one more scene unfortunately oh Oh, we have two more i'm talking about the one that like oh it's just they're all just on top of each other buckle up kids oh no i was gonna say wait i'm mad at that they don't like Oh, okay. Nope. So we in get... the spirit of this chunk, well, we transition to another awkward as fuck scene <sighs> where Ginny walks in with a plate of some kind of, I think it's a cookie. Um, yeah. And Arthur inexplicably, like, 
gets up to leave them alone. Okay. And um, she sits down next to Harry and proceeds with, open up, you. I just wrote, Ginny looks too young. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> she looks I... too little here. Open up, you. It's not even jokey like, or comfortable in I, any way. It sounds I, like she's afraid to talk to him. I don't even think I can say all the things I have to say about that. Like, why did their relationship have to be so fucking weird? <laughs> like, Ginny is so cool and sassy and sardonic in the books. And for some reason, she's just awkward as fuck in the films. Yeah. And then, like, Harry... Oh, my God. This next part is even worse. Like, try proceeds to... Try to take a bite without actually opening his mouth. I don't like. I don't like watching people eat or hear them eat on movies. So this was even amped up to a thousand. And it's like, it's like, did you forget how to eat? Like she literally just told you what to do. Open your fucking mouth. Maybe this was take nine. He's like, I'm so fucking tired of this cookie. Um, <laughs> like, uh, uh, I have to. I'm so it's tired. Like a little turtle chewing on a strawberry. Like, what are we seeing here? No, that's not true because turtles actually open their mouths. Yeah. I don't understand what happened. I don't know if he had Novocaine. I don't know if he lost control of his face. I don't know if, like you said, this is the 27th fucking cookie she stuck in his mouth because they were trying to get something better out of her than open up you. And she, yeah. And like I said, she feels too young and it feels like one of their first interactions together ever. No, no, no. They should have been around each other for the last six years. Like, at least in some capacity. She's supposed to be completely comfortable with him at this point. Oh, yeah. They're friends. They've hung out. They've She's dating other people. Together. Yeah. Like, Isn't she still with Dean? Because he hasn't yes. taken Felix Felicis yet. Oh, they saw them making out in the fucking pub. She's yeah. got a boyfriend. She didn't care about him. It's so weird. I don't fuck? understand. I I'm hate so this. I'm so upset. I hate the next part worse. It's supposed to convey sexual tension, but it just feels weird <laughs> it just feels weird it just feels weird like and i don't it. have anything to say about it and it like it gets weirder by having ron come in and sit down between them and offer harry a pie i hate it here <laughs> i want to go home this is not my burrow this is not my holidays with the weasleys this is weird forced sexual tension that i don't want I don't want this. Well, now I'm wondering where the sexual tension is. Like, is there well, some Ron's jealousy? Well, because Ron's clearly uncomfortable. Ron's right. uncomfortable. But, like, so why is didn't Ron you fucking now leave? upset because he, Harry didn't take a tiny little bird bite of his pie? Like, is there sexual jealousy here? <laughs> what is happening? Well, I think it's supposed to be he's aware that Harry and Ginny have some sort of tension, but it's not enough. And he doesn't, like, acknowledge it enough to go, I should leave. Or even play the other side of it, which is, I'm her brother, stay away from her. Pie? Or <laughs> it should have been, like, a more aggressive, like, do you want a pie? Why don't you eat my fucking pie? Like, not my sister's. Ew. Like, it should. <laughs> I hate it here. I hate this junk so much. Can we I... be done? Can we be done? We have just to, tell people it's, to it's like just the... tell people to fast forward. Like, skip, skip forward. forward. Do the thirty seconds. Skip forward fifteen seconds. Because I'm, yeah, I'm done. Let's go to the fucking. Um, is are they in a garage or is it a? a shack? I called it Arthur's shop. I don't know. Oh, okay. Cute... Oh, was it a chicken? A chicken coop at one point. One point he was hiding like a motorcycle or all oh, the car parts or something. Or he's hiding something from Molly where he's like, don't let I think it's a garage. I think it's supposed to be a garage. This is. This feels very because much like an American garage. Coop, a chicken coop would not be big enough for a That motorcycle. is true. So we've got we've got a, a garage, a shed, a shop, whatever. Um, 
Arthur explains to Harry the pressure that all of the members of the order are under. They're all being followed, yada, yada, yada. Uh, <laughs> he follows up with him regarding an owl that Harry sent. I, Apparently I, sh- that's my only side note. I said, did you get my off-screen owl that I sent? <laughs> the audience oh, hasn't yeah. seen it, but you got it, right? <laughs> yeah, and full now, on Exposition drama. dump, please. Yes. Now, please yeah. tell me what that could be about. Yeah, dump. Uh, so apparently sharing his suspicions about Draco, Arthur shares with Harry that he thinks the item the trio saw Draco caressing was a vanishing cabinet, a magical object that can transport people and or items pretty much anywhere. It kind of leaves us with the puzzling detail that the vanishing cabinet that they saw Draco with over the summer is still there in Borgen and Burks, and they're like, hmm, that's confusing. This will come into play later. Okay, bye. (laughs) This is important. We had to create a whole scene where they're in a shed that we've never seen before and we'll never see again uh, so that we could film it. I mean, I just feel like... It's perfect. It's wonderful. It's cinematography. We're going to give it this benefit of the doubt that we have had to do every season of this podcast. Maybe there's a deleted scene that we have never seen. (laughs) Maybe there's more to this and we will see it in the bonus episode. Nope. Uh, so moving on, my God, there are a lot of scenes in this chunk. Yes. Uh, this time we've jumped back, or excuse me, we have jumped yeah. outside the burrow. We're, yeah, we're we at can the see. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can see the front door through like overgrown reeds. Yeah. Remus and Tonks are saying their goodbyes. Well, Tonks is saying her their goodbyes. Her wifely Lupin, goodbyes. Like, yeah, she stares off. Lupin stares off into the swamp while she's like. The first night of the cycle is always the worst. Anyway. And now for all of our female listeners, isn't the first night of the cycle always the worst? Wow. Okay. Are well, we always kind of bitchy? That first night of the cycle? So now I understand famous. <laughs> that was my only note. I was like, <laughs> first night of the cycle. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's a werewolf. It's maybe different, but also lunar cycles. So. I, I don't think it's different. I think it's, yep. Anyway. I think it's absolutely that. Anyway. Uh, we cut to a window above them. Harry's sitting on the stairs, also staring out into the swamp. It's a thing, apparently. Sure. And Ginny, like, glides up behind him. It, it, her entrance is very awkward. Once again, just awkward as fuck. So awkward and uncomfortable. Ties his shoe for him. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, does this count as flirting? And a recording in the UK. Can can anyone explain to me what the <laughs> fuck the writers were doing in the Harry and Ginny scenes in this movie? I'm irrationally angry about this. I take that back. It is not irrational. It's perfectly no. rational. Because, what the okay, fuck also, is going on? So many things. Because it's like, okay, say it's nighttime and she's taking a shower. We're presuming that's why she's in a, sh- in a robe and she's asking if Ron has gone up. But he's in his pajamas. And like, say he's missed a button. That makes more sense. She leans in to button a button. And that's like getting her close to him. Let me put your shoe on for you. I'm like, I'm sorry. Do you not also take your fucking shoes off? I don't care who you are. I don't, I don't care what country you're in. Oh my God. Take your shoes off at the fucking door. I went ham in, in a house called the burrow, I might not take my <laughs> shoes off. I have to be honest with you. <laughs> no, Molly is pristine. Leave her alone. I um, am I am a, a strict proponent of no shoes in the house, though. I will agree you. with you there. But anyway, back to like, they should have had some sort of different interaction of like getting them close to each other in like a sexual sense or like even a sexual tension sense. Cause we talked about- I don't know, about... this is plenty sexual. She got on, his, on her knees in front of him. <laughs> like, Oh, maybe that works for somebody. Was, maybe the person it writing was it was like, you know what I want? For while um, you're down there, like <laughs> that joke that every seventh grader made. 
Maybe. I don't know. Is that still a joke? Who fucking knows? We're fucking old. Okay. Anyway. Uh, it just it doesn't so... it doesn't convey a sexual tension. It's just a weird tension. They just have a tension between them. It's not cute or sexual. No, they're just uncomfortable to watch. Yes. It's not chemistry. It's not like oh they're cute. It's just this is uncomfortable. It's well, I think I said it in a previous episode. It's like watching high school theater. Yeah. Where it's like somebody you don't doesn't know see their line, <laughs> and it's like you don't um, wanna, I don't want to see it. Well, not to mention, like I said, even my rewrite is already better. Of like, oh, let me get your button for you. And she's close to him and they're almost going to kiss. And then this happens. Not a shoe tying and then cut. That doesn't provide anyway. Let's get to the thing before I throw my notebook. Yeah. So as you said, the two of them have an almost kiss here before a fireball in the sky pulls the focus away. When I tell you that if there were anything that could get me to stop watching these movies, it was this fucking pointless moment that added nothing to the plot, that added nothing to the movie whatsoever. <sighs> I'm going to try and remain calm, which means I'm going to be screeching like a banshee in about 30 <laughs> seconds. So wearing earbuds, maybe turn it down. <laughs> turn it down. I'll try to regulate the volume. Go ahead. So the first fucking moronic part about this is that the actual adults slash qualified wizards yep. who are allowed to do magic in this moment are completely stunned and paralyzed by the arrival of Bellatrix, Bellatrix Lestrange and the blaze that she has set around the house. Not only are they not defending the house or themselves, they also allow Harry to push through them and chase her into the swamp. <laughs> Harry, this young man that they have spent the last six years of their lives protecting from every possible threat that they could buy. Like, just let him run through you. It's fine. It's He'll be, it's whatever. There's fire. Look at that. There's fire. Did you see? There's fire. I Again, my only note is just why. So you're going to have to keep going. Yeah. Uh, Tonks and Lupin try to go after them, but they are mostly overpowered by the flames. I don't know why they couldn't apparate in this moment to the other side of the fucking flames but whatever uh and instead it's Ginny who is also able to run through four full-grown adults and qualified wizards and follow Harry into the fucking swamp so now we have a 15 year old and a 16 year old chasing arguably one of the most dangerous witches in the country world who knows into a swamp into a swamp Like I can't, I I feel like I've lost all emotion. I can't even get upset about this because I'm just so drained. It just about doesn't being make angry any about it. Like, sense. We just created this scene for no fucking reason. It like became a horror movie. Yeah, we're treated to some like high quality Blair Witch cinematography here. Yes, as they run through the swamp, panting. Like that's the most interesting thing that happens here is them all going. <sighs> but the motivation <sighs> makes no sense. Why do we have? No. Why Fenrir is she? There? Why is why, why is, is Bellatrix, Bellatrix there? there? Why is Fenrin there? Why are they chasing her why in the fucking they... swamp? Yep. Why can they even find the burrow right now? Why would they want to? Voldemort wants to kill Harry himself. Actually, all I need this year is for Draco to try to kill Dumbledore. That's like our only really goal this yeah. year. So why would he be sending two minions to go just fuck with him on the holidays? It just it makes no sense. They're running it, around, hopefully realizing what fucking idiots they are. 
For a brief moment, it looks like Ginny's going to be eaten by Fenrir. That would have been fun. Uh, I, you know, whatever. But instead, we end up in a battle in the swamp where it's not really clear where any of the spells are coming from because we never actually see Fenrir or Bellatrix attack. We see everybody blocking spells, but they're kind of coming from nowhere in the reeds. Whatever. Eventually, Harry and Ginny are joined by Tonks, Lupin, and Arthur. But then the Death Eaters, I, I think it's just Bellatrix and Fenrir. That's for sure the only people we actually see. Um, they do yeah, their little it. smoky smoke away after apparently communicating by hissing. That's a thing, I guess. Even though neither of them are parcel tongues. Sure. Whatever. They smoky smoke away and they go to blow up the burrow on their way out of town. Right. And then everybody else goes running back to the yard once again no idea why none of the qualified witchers would witches or wizards excuse me witch or wizards would apparate back no so we could maybe run. be helpful faster mm -hmm. we're gonna we're gonna run like fucking pathetic muggles and then stand and watch it burn like fucking Just gonna pathetic watch it burn. muggles not Just, put it out with a spell. it's totally fine it's totally fine we're not gonna do anything about it nope. uh fred and george are standing there watching it burn too so it's george or excuse me so is ron mm -hmm. um because why why would we why would we why would we do anything at all i don't know i'm gonna go ahead and call it and say this might be the most irrelevant and useless 10 minutes we have okay. watched in six and a half seasons okay. of this of this podcast <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm gonna disagree with you slightly that we're setting up some things, but the last several minutes we watch, why? 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 We're trying to create what? Why? We literally, I mean, we could have turned on the microphones for this episode and just said, nope, <laughs> cut, end cut. of episode. And <laughs> because, okay, I, this isn't creating, okay. The only thing I can justify it with slightly and very slightly, like 0.01% that I can say that maybe this is relevant is when Arthur says in the shack to Harry in this weird aside that they're going to have in this scene where he says like, we're being watched, Harry, all of us. Okay. Being watched is different from we're having people stalk us in our cornfield swamp, <laughs> Blair Witch style, and then burning down our houses. Like, we don't know that that's happening. And also why would that happen? to them and why now and we already know that they have protections on them f for a long time because of harry's safety because they wanted harry to be safe like what movie was it where they had the government um escort to diagon alley is that three um no, no because three, he's already three, there he gets there with the night bus five i think it's five yes so we've already had a year prior five. of protection of and like even even though like let's say the ministry already isn't protecting harry this this year this whatever fine but they know enough that he needs extra protection around the burrow to keep things safe yes they can't just find the burrow they get like if they know where he is why wouldn't voldemort just go there and kill him and then back to all the internet theories why don't he just kill him when he was a baby <laughs> like okay the spell oh, rebounded yeah. find him again when he's a baby and still kill him we're not gonna go that meta but i just this felt like we have to do something big in this movie okay but big things are gonna happen in this movie no bigger but it has no relevance to anything but we're gonna burn it down 
but why? And then also, I feel like you and I are going to have to take a note of this now. Hello, note to future selves. In the seventh movie, I feel like the Burrow looks the fucking same. Yeah, I was just going to say, nothing actually happens to the Burrow. We so, get there for the seventh movie for Flora and Bill's wedding, and it's fine. And we really so, just saw earlier in this movie, Dumbledore light Voldemort, baby Voldemort's <laughs> um, chest of drawers on fire and then take the flames down, and it was fine. Okay, so in this case, when somebody just put a spell, the flames come down, we know the burrow is fine. We had it all action devastated. Or like do anything, do anything whatsoever instead of stand there and just be like, my house is on fire. Oh no, they set the house on fire. That sucks. Great. Is everything impervious to flame inside? I don't feel like we needed the Weasley house on fire to show that things are bad. No, we didn't. This just felt gratuitous. We didn't need any of this. I really hated it. Yeah. Uh, Can we be done now? Yeah, let's be done. That's it. That's all. It's over. <laughs> I've never hated a few minutes of these movies more. I mean, we've hated a lot of things that we've gone back and gone, that wasn't well done, or this isn't making a lot of sense, and we love these characters and love these books. Like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. This one just... It's it broke sucks. Me. It sucks. Yeah. Like, that, that's all there is to it. It sucks. Yeah let's keep going what do you have questions uh, for me i do i have a couple of questions for you Go. first one uh what are you going to clutch desperately like lavender's death grip on ron's balls and keep for yourself okay first of all i don't think we talk about things that didn't happen in the scene but i it was I implied. Uh, I appreciate the analogy. Okay, something I would keep. The only thing I keep from this fucking chunk is the penguin. On the shut, shut up. That's what I said. <laughs> it's the only moment of happiness I have. It's, oh, look at that penguin. I'm keeping the ice skating penguin. That's you it. You can pry it from That's my cold, dead fingers. Cold, dead, cynical fingers about this fucking chunk. All right. Oh, <laughs> Lord. All right, what are you going to burn down like the burrow? Oh, fucking the burning down of the fucking burrow. <laughs> so stupid and un 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 unnecessary and silly. And I, I'm i going to hate this forever. I mean, we they've done a lot of things where we're like, you know, you have these great scenes set up. You didn't quite execute them or you didn't include them or whatever. Adding in a scene that makes no sense. <laughs> Go to hell. That It's terrible. It's terrible. Um, I just said every Harry Jenny scene in this oh, film. Oh, that's a good one too. Ugh, those make me it uncomfortable. Just, it's they are I'm thinking ahead to when they are in the room of requirement to hide the book. And I'm like, I hate, I don't want this. I hate it here. I don't want this. I hate it here. I want to go home. I don't blame you. Mom, All right, do please pick me up. It's <laughs> like these people are being really mean. All right. Do you have a probably unanswerable question for this week? I or always are we just have exhausted? a probably unanswerable question. And this the question is, intriguing. why do they do this? Why? <laughs> the question <laughs> is, uh, who can I punch in the face for Making this? Making that decision. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, no, the actual probably unanswerable question is, what's the deal with vanishing cabinets? Oh. And by that, I mean, do they all have a twin, a pair. Because in the book, and ooh, I think they talk about it in the movie, uh, Dumbledore later seems surprised to find that 
the vanishing cabinet has a twin. So is he huh. surprised merely because it still exists and maybe it was thought that the twin was lost? Or is it more commonplace that the cabinets are like singular, that they, they do not come as a set, they do not come as twins? Or In nobody which case, knows where the other one is, yeah. Well, how would that be useful though? Like if you crawl it just in vanishes just... fuck it it's like a garbage dump you put it in the garbage i don't care where it goes okay but like wait no 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 no, no. <laughs> i'm already <laughs> you're, you're 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 skirting away from my question here though oh, which sorry. is like the as arthur described in the shop like you can understand the appeal if the death eaters come knocking you just step inside and disappear for a couple of hours so it's oh. the idea that you're disappearing to somewhere, to safety, to, so like, you're gonna get in and I'm gonna get out at like, if the Death Eaters came knocking here, I'm gonna get in and I'm gonna get out at my parents' house in Wisconsin. And be like, cool, I can just hang out there for a couple of hours and then go back when hopefully the coast is clear. Yeah. If that's the case, what would stop them from just fucking following you? Like, how would that be helpful at all? It's like, oh, he's not here? Look at this vanishing cabinet. <laughs> Let me hop in there and then I'll be wherever the fuck he is. So I actually have an answer for this. Okay. Uh, for this part of this question. Okay. Um, so apparently the cabinets have a password of sorts, oh. which maybe explains Draco whispering to the cabinet. <laughs> oh, okay. That we were so frustrated by. So that would kind of get out of the whole, like, if all of them do have a twin and, you know, the other one is set up somewhere safe so that you can get away if you need to. Like, great. Obviously, the Death Eaters aren't going to be able to use your vanishing cabinet because they don't have your password. Cool, 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 cool. Great. Uh, after some research, well, I mean, I'm sorry. I'll shut up. Do you want to do you want to take a crack at the answer before I uh, reveal my research? I just Googled, like, what? spell did Hermione use to lock the door behind her <laughs> in the battle of the department of mysteries when she like sets the door behind her and there's cold portis that's mm -hmm. the only thing i could think of but i'm like but again what use would that be if you didn't have time to do that and like, also the reverse of it is alohomora so or blasting through it and still using it yeah right so no i got nothing <laughs> go so uh, it is kind of uncharacteristic, not unheard of, for them to be sold in pairs uh, or to be built and created in pairs. Um, but it is more common that they are individual sets or individual items, individual cabinets, if you will. So my follow-up question to that is, as you were kind of getting at earlier when I said you were skirting away from what I was actually asking, uh, where do you go if you step into a vanishing cabinet that doesn't have a pair, doesn't have a twin that you step out of on the other side? The only answer that I could come up with is if you remember in book seven, um, when the Death Eaters are trying to get into Ravenclaw Tower, as you know, in order to get into Ravenclaw Tower, you have to answer a question. And so the Death Eaters are locked out because they're fucking idiots and McGonagall comes up and the question is, where do all vanished objects go? And her response is into non-being, which is to say everywhere. And so is that what's happening in a vanishing cabinet? Like if you step like, okay. 
just got that very excited because be... when you were talking about it, I'm like, oh, it's like inside out when they go into the, <laughs> the room and they all become like disparate, like 3D objects or whatever. Or they come like little like like I was like, oh, maybe just going to like this weird realm and then you can kind of like zone out or like a floating little pod and then you just come back. I got excited, but that's the question there, though, is like, how do you come back if you're in non-being? How do you? How do you come back from non-being? You decide. <laughs> and then really, I, I've been un, unable to find an answer for this, uh, which uh, effectively means that we create our own Harry Potter theory in this moment. So I guess, building off of what you said, uh, we go into some sort of quantum realm, or I'm sorry, I've never seen Inside Out, whatever that is that you're describing. Wait, 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 wait. You've never seen Inside Out? No, I kind of fell off the Pixar wagon. And I agree with you on many of those, but that's not one you can skip. That one's phenomenal. Okay. Go into it. It's very clever. I like it. Okay, so we're, go we're going with Inside Out? Is that the official position? I feel like you go somewhere, you go into minutes? like... <laughs> I feel like it's like the way station that Harry goes to when he fake dies in seven mm, king's cross he's like we can be wherever you want us to be he goes i think we're at king's cross but it's cleaner and brighter and no trains he's like yeah sure and then he gets to stay there and wait there until he decides to make the conscious decision to go back to where his body is interesting but does time move the same way there fuck if i know <laughs> i don't know i don't that's a and like it's also weird too because like if a vanishing cabinet doesn't have a pair does it still work what if it? Well, what if you just go in and it doesn't have a one-way or a two-way street to go into? Does it work? Well, it's like Arthur was saying that you you vanish for a couple of hours. So, but yeah, where do you go when you vanish? Too. Oh fuck! Like again, uh, the only explanation that I can come up with, and I didn't see this anywhere on the internet. This is me thinking, is McGonagall's ex explanation of where vanished objects go. So you go into non-being. Just my, particles, like. So like we've got an understanding of where you get to, but I want an understanding of how you get back from non-being. <laughs> you become too aware of your surroundings. You come back just like Harry when he remembered that he was on the ground, he could smell the ground. Yeah. yeah so I what conjures you is... back? Is there a time limit? Can you set it like an egg timer on your vanishing cabinet? <laughs> says, I only want to be gone 30 minutes and then bring me back from wherever I am. Oh my God. The Death Eaters come in and they're like, oh, there are only three minutes and 17 seconds left. Let's just hang out. <laughs> I'll just say, let's just sit outside. Do they have knitting patterns in their magazines? Uh, yeah. So yeah uh, friends, write in. Let us know. Where do you go when you vanish in a vanishing cabinet that does not have a twin? Okay. Well, I like that one. That one's, that one's philosophical, but also confusing. Why are we introducing something we don't really, anyway, because we also talked about, we don't talk about it, but in the books, we talk about Montague saying that he remembered being between places. We don't yeah. talk about where he is. They said he yep. could kind of hear things going on in both ends, but he didn't know where he was. I'm like, okay, so then <laughs> what? <laughs> he's yeah. He's like on another plane in limbo is of he... some sort yeah is he in king's cross station still thinking about <laughs> and so then that begs here? the question if it transports you to another plane like an astral plane of sort yeah do you just have the ability to see the plane that you left and know what's going on so it's like okay that's when i can crawl back in the cabinet and it will take me back to 
oh god what is our plane the mortal plane and I, I yes but also magical this was a lot this was this was you know this was better than that whole fucking chunk we just watched let me just say that <laughs> I, I, thank I like you better. exactly this was, this was better than why we set the weasley's house on fire <laughs> no clue anyway well thank you so much for listening to this struggle episode i think this was one of the harder ones we've had to do where it was like i you know obviously we love these movies we love these books we love this franchise obviously we wouldn't be sitting here for hours each week being nerds about it but my god this was a rough one but god bless you for listening thank you so much please subscribe follow rate and review us wherever you get your podcast share us with your friends follow us on all the socials tiktok youtube and especially instagram and uh hey i'll see your pretty little face next week i'm drunk <laughs> probably me too okay i'll see you then